So now they've got to start from deep in their end of the field, and Garrison Hurst takes advantage of it. He takes the handle, hits to his right, gets to the 20. He's at the 30. Needs to cut in. He comes back up the right sideline. Breaks a third tackle. Comes down to the 30. He's out of the 20. He's out of the 10. He's out of the 5. He's in the end zone. Touchdown. Touchdown. 49ers. 96-yard run from scrimmage. Garrison Hurst breaking tackle after tackle. Swings down the sideline. Throws off bodies like clothes after a marathon. Young, back to throw. In trouble, he's going to be sacked. No, gets away. He runs, gets away again, goes to the 40, gets away again, to the 35, cuts back at the 30, to the 20, the 50, the 10. He died. Touchdown, 49ers. Third down, Alex takes the snap. Alex looking down in post, and it's good. This is Kyle Juszczyk, and you're listening to Nothing But Niners. Click, click, boom! What's going on, Faithfuls? The Nothing But Niners crew is back, and we're here to bring you guys another fun-filled episode. I'm your guy, 49ers Mike, underscore NFL. To my right is my guy, Brian. He is Stater, underscore Niner. What's going on, big dog? Long time. How you been? Yeah, well, soccer season's over. We got uh, just the the awards next Tuesday, and then that's done. Awards next Tuesday, huh? You think you guys are going to get any? Uh, well, they'll get, well, uh, my youngest will get his letter. Um, probably, I'm assuming <coughs> since he was on the varsity team and then, uh, we'll see from there. <laughs> that's a big deal, man. That's pretty cool. You just like making it like, yeah, yeah, it's all right. It's whatever. You know, no well, I mean, nothing's set in stone, right? It's never set. It's up to the coach's discretion. So, but he did make the varsity team though, right? Yeah. There's a caveat to that. There's only a varsity team. So, <laughs> <laughs> Sweat living in a small town, man. <laughs> I got you. Okay. We might uh, have enough players next year to have a JV team, but I understand, man. I, I feel you on that, man. Uh listen, man. Let me run through these formalities really quick. All right. It's been a long time. Got to remind the folks of where, where they can find us. All right. First and foremost, guys, we appreciate you guys checking us out here on the YouTube page. Uh, and if you enjoyed tonight's show or any of the shows in the past, please give us a thumbs up, hit that like button. That goes a long way in helping other shows and other people find our page okay so please give us a thumbs up uh also subscribe and turn on your notifications so you know exactly when we are going live uh please give us a follow on some of our social media platforms twitter and snapchat those handles are nothing but nine ers that is the number nine they're nothing but nine ers we have facebook instagram as well as twitch and those handles are nothing but niners some of them may have underscores in between but you i promise you guys will find us uh questions comments concerns reviews critiques criticisms any of that kind of stuff guys shoot us an email we always welcome it uh nb9 ers and nothing but niners.com uh, we have some people from overseas who send us the emails and all and they can tell you they can vouch for us we do reply we do reply uh there's no criticism or critique too big or too small uh, and we value everyone's opinion so please guys make sure you send them over there uh and last but certainly not least we have the patreon account uh that is patreon.com slash nb9 ers you see that oh 
right over there at the top of the screen there, NB9 ERS. That is nothing but Niners. You see it all over the background and everything there. Uh, and you saw it in the beginning of that opening welcoming video, okay? Uh, again, I'm 49ers Mike underscore NFL. Brian is joining me tonight, guys. And we have to get right down to the meat and potatoes of the show, the latest 49ers rumors. Um, let's start with – let's just go ahead and get this out the way, man. Is Brandon Ayuk out of the doghouse? Um we got some quotes here. Uh, let's start with Ayuk's words, okay? Nope. Um, no, no, you're good. You're good. Ayuk said, you know what? Actually, you're absolutely right. We should do that first before no, we it's get gonna to it. It's going to disappear. So. Yeah. All right. You take that. Let me take these uh, pills, and uh, we'll get to that. Go ahead. So, V. Brewer 3000, thanks for the contribution. Click, click, bang, bang, Niner gang. Big Mike, great show over on Patreon today. Keeping it, <clears throat> Keep on keeping it real, my guy. Thanks for the donations there. So, this was uh something that I this this was a lot of fun. Uh and thanks, V Brewer. He's been a, a constant supporter of our Patreon content. Uh, and if you guys have questions about it, he can answer uh, you know, his give a rating or review there. I don't know if there's a way to do that publicly, so uh, he can help us out with that if, if possible. But thanks for the contribution. And another right. one here from David Culper. Love the show, guys. Keep doing what you're doing. Thanks for the contribution, David. We are going to do our best, man, to try. Uh, never want to stop. You guys have been loyal to us, and you guys deserve you guys deserve the consistency. You know, we got to make sure we bring it all the time. So, um, yeah, I, I appreciate you guys rocking with us as long as you have. Um, this has been a hell of a journey, and we are not done, man. We are not done. So, thank you, um, thank you guys for the contributions. We really appreciate it. Were there were there any more? B? Nope, that's it right now. Okay, all right. So we're going to get to the to the latest rumors uh, and updates concerning the 49ers. And we're going to start with Brandon Ayuk. <clears throat> it seems like he may be out of the doghouse here. Um, Brandon Ayuk was able to speak with the media, and he had this to say. Uh, 49ers, Brandon Ayuk revealed that he and Kyle Shanahan had some words, and that kick-started his reboot restart to the season that influenced his great weeks at practice and hence playing more. Brian, this is very, very, very coded. <laughs> very vague, <I> mean, yeah. <laughs> not only is it vague, I mean, let's just – he had some words that kick-started his reboot, restart to the season. So were these words a long time ago or were these words recently? Because then it goes on to say that uh, it influenced his great weeks at practice. Yeah, I see that it says great weeks. I'm thinking that it has to be at least two weeks since that conversation happened. Because okay. I'm, I'm assuming it was at least a week before the last game. Because that's true. where he got. We saw him more active this last this past week. So that's what I when I, when I assume the conversation probably happened. You know whether it was you know what was said. Obviously, we don't know the specifics, but you know obviously it was enough to clear Shanahan's mind of any concerns he might have, and enough to get at least some snaps out there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. You know, uh, and I do believe that players often go to the side and talk to coaches after. A coach has been uh, specifically critical of those players. You know, uh, when a coach sits down and just keeps going and going and going at a player, oftentimes there comes a point where the coach usually pulls the player in and says, you know, let's reevaluate and what do you think of what I've been doing and how do you think you've progressed and so on and so forth. And that's just like with any job. It's not just sports, you know. So I do think that happened. Uh, Jorge, Mike, I just ordered two bottles of the Gold Bar Whiskey uh, with the 75th logos. They should be in tomorrow. I really, really hoped you use the promo code. Uh, we have one here. It's nothing but Niners. 
All right. And uh, that would have saved you 10%. If you didn't, guys, that don't forget that promo code is out there. All right. Uh, nothing but Niners. Jorge, I can't wait to take some victory shots with you, buddy. Uh, that's that's the way it's supposed to be. Uh, and if you guys haven't done it yet, go to shopgoldbarwhiskey.com and use promo code nothing but Niners. All right. Uh, our way of giving back to the community. Probably not in a good way, right? That's not one of the things you want to be giving back, right? Alcohol. But I mean, if you drink, you drink. Just drink responsibly, guys. Okay. Go ahead, B. Yeah. So uh, to answer that question there, uh, I will what listen to country here and there, but mostly I'm a, uh, a rock a rock guy, rap guy. I know I grew up in the the uh, NWA and then Dre and then Snoop that time frame and then alt rock and but I was always big on this, you know music from the seventies and stuff like that. So I like classic rock. I'm more of a metal guy, um, Metallica, uh, Pantera, that kind of stuff. But I listen to pretty much everything. But Blake Shelton's probably on the low end of the spectrum for me. Well, the fact that you knew who that was says something, because well, I'm glad that question wasn't directed. Well, I'm surrounded by people who love country music. <laughs> that felt like one of the uh, Midnight Madness questions. Right? You know, that's what's, I, it was kind of uh, akin to that. So I do miss I those people. shows. <laughs> I, I do, too. I actually thought about jumpstarting it again. Um, I thought about doing it for the bye week, but, you know, too little too late now. Uh, but maybe maybe we'll do some something, you know. Maybe we'll try to figure something out. Um, there is more on Brandon Ayuk, though, here. Uh, his offensive coordinator, Mike McDaniel, speaking about wide receiver Brandon Ayuk, says he is finally understanding what it means to be a pro. McDaniel said Ayuk is lo- looking like the guy they envisioned he would be when they drafted him last year. Uh, I don't know if you got a chance to listen to the offensive coordinator's um, press conference from today but he he did he did say that those things he also said that it's not just about oh he caught 10 passes in practice today uh that is, it's much more than that um it's it's running full speed even knowing the ball is not coming to you and things like that uh, and these were some of the the criticisms that uh we we speculated on we assume that these are what w- these were some of the issues that were going on so uh they're just confirming that he is that guy uh that was doing it you know if you look back at that Bears game, man, um, it felt like kind of his coming out party, right? But he he finished the game with just four catches, like 45 yards. Well, technically five catches and the end zone trip, if you count the two-point conversion. That 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 won't show up on the stat sheet. Um, but you could you could definitely tell uh that he had been working hard and uh he, he it felt like his coming out party. What was funny to me about that though was that when you step back and look at those stats, it's a Kendrick Bourne numbers, right? Like, <laughs> and I'm not taking anything away from Brandon Ayuk. I said that he is wide receiver one on this team. And I still believe he is the best wide receiver. He might not be the best offensive weapon on this team, but I do believe that he is the best wide receiver. Pure wide receiver. Yes. On this team. Uh, what did you see from Brandon Ayuk last week? And do you think that this means it's safe to start playing him in fantasy football? That's what everyone wants to know. I don't think, well, I shouldn't say I don't. I don't. I don't care about fantasy football as far as that's part of its concern. Um, I still think he's got a ways to go to surpass Debo's uh, role in the game planning. Um, I know that we do talk about it sometimes, um, but I really think that missing the off season last year for these rookies that came in with Kinlaw and Ayuk, these guys, you know, they missed that time, you know, with the team um, just because of 
COVID being the way it was. So their off season, this last off season was the first time they really got to, to do that. Right. And so I'm sure there was some growing pains that are going to go along with that. Um, but, you know, I, I think that I'm understanding what McDaniels is trying to say as far as he's going to be the guy that we envision he could be. I think he just needed more time because he didn't have that, that preseason or the preseason, you know, in 2020, he didn't have the, uh, the off season to, to, uh, you know, kind of meld into the role. He had to learn just like, you know, the rest of the rookies that year, you know, once the season began basically. So, um, you know, great job doing that last year, but, you know, you got to step up and we hope that we wouldn't see a sophomore slump. Obviously, I know at the before the season when we talked about position groups, I was adamant that Ayuk was going to be the guy and you were pretty much, you know, Debo is going to be the breakout guy this year. <clears throat> and so far you're on point because that's just the way it unfolded. No, I thought I was I thought I was with you with the Ayuk thing, man. I'm pretty I, uh, sure you were all about the Debo. Maybe all right. That makes me feel good. I, I always do things to be the contrarian. So if you spoke first, then I probably did do it. I, pro- I probably did say it, <laughs> but he, he, he did look good. And he's actually, you know, if you go back and you watch some of the all 22 from the last couple of weeks, he's been running very good routes. He's been getting open. Um, he, he's been, he's been looking good. He's, he's blocking well. Um, and I think that's what, it, that's what they wanted to see from him. Um, why they felt like they couldn't target him unless he was doing, you know, the blocking and things like that. I, I don't know, but may, I, I can understand the importance of route running um, and how that will definitely affect you, the targets that you get. So uh, that's that's how it works. So, all right, that's pretty cool. Um, I let me, let me take this latest rumors and things off because there's some other things that I want to discuss that aren't on here. Um, did you see the video of Joe Montana going around? Uh, I, heard I heard the clip. clip. I didn't see the video. All right, I'm going to play this video, and it might get us stricken. I don't know if, because it's, uh, there's other videos inside the video. Actually, you know what? I'll just play the audio. I don't want us to get a strike against this on here. So let me just play the audio. And, uh, let's, let me, I just want to get your reaction to it. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I'll just get your reaction to it. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't find it now. I thought well, I said first of all, I think that you know, um, a good majority of the fan base would have chose Fields over Mac. I mean, it's just it's your preference, and I understand where he was going with it. It was kind of the point in the preseason where he was talking about, or what he says, you know, he was he would have taken Mac, and I and I understand that because of the competition level. That was my concerns with Trey Lance to begin with was just the competition that he'd seen in college and the duration of it. So I understand where Joe's coming from. All right. Well, let, let, let's hear it. Here it is. Yep. I got it. If I was the 49ers, I would have taken the kid from Alabama. <laughs> uh, <laughs> last year, um, you know, nothing against the guy that they took. It's just that more pro-style offense, more um, used to being in pressure situations than, than that. And uh, I don't know, we'll see what happens in San Francisco, but um, nothing against, you know, um, Trey, but it's it's one of those things that here's a guy who's got a great team behind him, and, and they're always fun to watch. So you're saying you agree with him? No, I'm not saying I agree with him. I'm saying that I understand where he's coming from as far as the competition that he faced. Because what the clip that I heard, talk, he spoke specifically about the competition that he faced at Alabama, right? Um, 
And I understand that he's more pro. It was a pro ready offense. So he's more ready to, to translate into the NFL, but I still feel that fields and Trey have a higher ceiling. So you may get more out of Mac to begin with, but then he's just going to level off and be there. You know, whereas, you know, I think fields down the road and Trey down the road, they're going to be able to bring much more. So to me, for Montana to say that, that's a very short-sighted thought process. Very interesting. I like that, man. You know, um, I think we all agreed that the highest floor belonged to Jones as well and that he was going to be the guy to get you the fastest and most immediate results right? as far as, you know, satisfaction. Uh, but, you know, it wasn't like – wasn't just Joe's comments. I mean, there's people out there. I mean, look at look at this here from PFF. Mm-hmm. Highest graded quarterback since week five. This isn't highest graded rookie. This isn't highest graded veteran. This is all the right. quarterbacks in the league uh, since week five. Now, granted, it's only three-week window. But we also know how we feel about, well, at least I thought how we felt about PFF. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Very good. And so you got to take it with a grain of salt, but I just thought it was fitting or funny, coincidental, that this and the Montana things were right on my timeline at the same time. And so uh, it's only a three-week window, um, but, you know, people love to pat someone on the back when they're doing well. Sure. And that'll continue because, you know, you got uh, the other quarterbacks who are in that realm of being able to surpass those statistically. You know, you probably look at like Aaron Rodgers. Well, he's not going to play this week. Right. He's out. Um, Kyler Murray may be out, depending. We'll see. Um, Nothing set in stone there. But I'm just saying the guys who are so you may see this continue. But I think that you're going to still see a lot of media and 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 people out there who are going to continue to kick the proverbial dog, I guess, on on Mac Jones, because they said that was going to be our pick before the draft. And they're going to stick to their guns until we're until Trey can show them that they were wrong. And that's not going to be probably until next year, the way Shanahan's talking. Yeah. I mean, and they played some pretty soft defenses two out of these three weeks. They played the Cowboys. Uh, Cowboys can score with the best of them, but their defense is pretty soft. Uh, that game went to overtime. Uh, they played the, the Jets where they put up 54 points. And then they played the Chargers that have a respectable defense, but the Chargers are uh, doing what we've been doing and finding ways to lose. So, uh, they're just a shell of themselves at this point. They started the year hot, and now it's a bunch of problems. Um, no, guys, I the dogs didn't get me. I didn't get jumped again or anything like that. <laughs> uh, I had a had a little surgery over here, uh, but I'm recovering just fine. Uh, but thank you guys for the concern. I appreciate you guys, man. Um, so that was that was my question to you on the Joe Montana and um, and uh, Mac Jones issue. Uh, but Grant Cohn even chimed in on this. He oh, said, God. I interviewed Joe Montana before the draft. He said nothing about 49ers needing to take Mac Jones. This is hindsight. Revisionist history, so to speak. Sure. Uh, this is, this is you know, like you said, short-sightedness and looking at the situation right now. So I'm going to put the spotlight on you and ask you a question that I dare you to say yes to. I can't okay. say my other card. Do you agree? Set it up. <laughs> do you agree with Grant Cohn? That he that he interviewed him and he didn't say anything. This is hindsight. You know, I would probably say uh, that I'm like sixty percent hindsight, 
on that. So I, I will go with the yes for the show All purposes. Right. Um, not that I like to agree with Grant, but um, I just feel like we haven't. Obviously, we haven't got a chance to see Trey yet, right? Yeah. And Wilson's been injured. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, Fields probably wasn't exactly ready to take over, but he's been thrown into the fire. Uh, but the best situation for any of the rookie quarterbacks was probably the Patriots for Mac Jones with the ability versus what they already had on the team. Um, Cause I mean, you could say that, I mean, I said that Trevor's probably going to be a bust, but we'll see how that pans out. But given the team he was going to, you know, he wasn't going to be great this year because he doesn't have the tools in, on the team. So I could understand why Grant would say that it's hindsight. Um, you know, I can't, I can't, I don't like making the assumptions like that because that's a straight up assumption. Just because Joe didn't yeah. say something about it during his interview. Doesn't mean that he didn't feel that way. all along. Right. He may have, he may have, but he didn't want to jump on that bandwagon. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's all good. I just tried to get you to agree with him. That's all. I know. I was just putting you out there trying to say, that's it guys. We can end the show. Brian just agreed with Grant Cohen. It's over now. No. All right. Um, was, I mean, I did, but no. I know. I know. You walked it back. You walked it back. Uh, some more um, notes about the 49ers. Uh, we get to bang a drum here. We get to celebrate a little bit. Right. NFC Offensive Player of the Week, Debo Samuel, earned this without getting in the end zone, guys. Uh, I think that's saying something. I think that this is a, hey, we probably should have given it to him a couple times before, but let's give it to him now. Uh, NFC Player of the Week. Debo Samuel with six receptions, 171 yards. Ryan, you watched the game just like the rest of us. What did you think of him during that? What did you think of his performance? I thought he was outstanding. I mean, unfortunately, you know, again, I don't know what's going on with his hands, but he – I didn't go back and look at stats, but I feel like he is like a 65% catch. Like 35% of them are going to get dropped, and I don't like that. But, you know, they're going to keep throwing it to him because he's productive. You know, so that may, I don't know, maybe having Kittle back and taking some of that stress off of him um, as being the go-to guy, so to speak. Um, maybe that will help him. I don't know. Um, I'm kind of curious as to why we haven't seen more Sherfield. That's kind of surprising to me, but. They duped us, man. They sold us on this pipe dream that this guy was, you know, wide receiver 1A, you know, or 1B. And I haven't even seen this guy. I don't even remember what number he wears, man. 81. And- Mm-hmm. Sure, could be eighteen. I don't know, that, that, but that's that's my point. We were all hyped about this guy during the all uh, preseason, and all of a sudden, I mean, he he was at the presser. They were giving him plenty of podium time. He's saying, "I work hard. I get." I mean, we were we were cheering for him and his wife. Man, I went through the playbook at every position. Had my wife calling please. Maybe that's where he got in trouble. Kyle said that book is for you, not for everybody. I don't know. I don't know, man. You you never know what quite or- happened. Or you could get into the the offensive coordinator mindset of Kyle Shanahan and understand that sometimes he's just playing for the future. That's what he tells us, right? Some things are to lead up to other things. So maybe not utilizing him now means in the second quarter of the season, we might see him some more, you know, just going to rotate those tools to keep people fresh, you know, because he's not worried about player stats. You know, he's worried about getting into the end zone. <laughs> hey, and he has said multiple times, I don't know who's out there all the time when I call plays. So. Right. Maybe maybe you're on to something there. Maybe fresh legs. You know, maybe maybe we see some of them this game, you know. 
Maybe this is the game where he comes out there with Kittle. Well, and... I kind of feel like Sanu was like that. Like he was in the first couple of weeks. We didn't see a lot of him, but it seems like we're seeing more of him in, you know, put in yeah. there. Not, not a lot, but more of him than we were seeing before. Mm-hmm. Hey, and I was going to say something too about that, uh, about the, your, your Debo comment with the drops. Um, I was mad about the drops, right? And then what I realized was when you are, 90% of your team's offense, and I know it's probably like 75 or 76 or something like that. Um, if all the targets are coming to you, you're going to get some drops. No, I get that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. you're, you're, you're going to get some drops. This guy is he, – he he is the 49ers offense. He He's the extension of the quarterback. Right. Uh, but it's that, not just on Debo. We're seeing it across the wide receiving core. I mean, yes, so I mean, there's right. something going on with either what Welker's doing or the way it's coming out of Jimmy's hands or something. But it, you know, we've seen a lot more drops. At least the eye test. I can't. I'm not looking at stats. I'm just saying from right. the eye test. Uh, we're, it feels like we're seeing more drops than we have in previous seasons. Yeah, and I agree with you. And you know, what was rough about that was at first we thought it was. Um, remember, I don't know if you remember the the local media made a big deal about how hard. Trey Lance was throwing the ball. Now we see it wasn't Lance at all. Had nothing to do with him. It was it was just the receivers dropping passes. Uh, so I thought that was something very interesting. Uh, good eye there, man. Way to way to call it there. Um, all right, we've been going for about twenty five minutes here. I think we can start looking ahead. Uh, let's 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 turn the page. Uh, let's let's do our final reflections on this game that we just had. Uh, this this episode is called Turning Point for a reason, right? And what I wanted to do was uh, try to discuss. Um, I want you to pick a play. I thought there were going to be like three or four of us on tonight. Oh, so, what's that? I said, "Oh man." <laughs> no, no, no. It's okay. It's, it's not. It's not. Not like that. Because uh, I don't have a definitive answer either. But I want you to try to pick a play uh, from that last game that you feel was a turning point of that game, because there were a lot of plays. Now, this was a, a first half that started slow again. Uh, we we never had to punt. Jimmy did lead four scoring drives, but we missed the field goal. Um, no no touchdowns again. It felt like we were setting up for another disappointing game. Um, they they go out, they score on on their uh, drive coming out of the half. They go what is a sixteen to nine or something like that. I believe that was a score, and then we're at third and nineteen or third and twenty. And then we get this check down the Debo. And then all of a sudden, it's like, holy smokes, here we come. You could feel the tide changing. The momentum shifted, yeah. Yeah, but that was after a, I'm not going to say a lackluster first half because I was I was, I was was happy with the first half. I just wish we had got into the end zone the time. Well, I feel like there was little catalysts along the way, if you will, like the long bomb. You know, we're not used to seeing Jimmy do that, right? That's not mm-hmm. in his normal repertoire of passing that we see. Um, and that's probably been one of his biggest downfalls, according to the people that don't like Jimmy, is that he never throws it long. Whether that's Kyle letting him or he just doesn't do it, um, but we saw that he can. Um, uh, or you know, when he when Jimmy rushed for a touch for the first touchdown, I mean, I'm sure that was like a little catalyst to the, that offense. So I'm like, okay, yeah. you know, we're gonna we're gonna keep going here, you know. But then the ball got spread around a little bit. But you're right, in the third quarter, kind of things kind of shifted completely to our side. It felt it felt like anyway. Yeah. So if you had to pick one play, because I I came I, I I did think about this ahead of time, uh, and I came up with like four, four plays that I could say, hey, this is probably the turning point in that game, like when the mentality shifted. Um, and if you got more than one, then great, we can ping pong off of each other, 
but there were some really good plays in that game. Uh, so uh, which one do you think really like, you know, kind of changed the tide, like re- re- rejuvenate, re- rejuvenate, re- not rejuvenated. Yeah, rejuvenated. That's, I mean, we could say that, but the word I want has eyes in it. Revitalized. Oh, revitalized. There you go. That's the word I wanted. There were, like what play revitalized the offense? So I can't say that it was a specific, one specific play. Um, mm-hmm. So then again, I've only watched the, I only watched it live. I didn't watch it. I haven't rewatched it since then. Um, oh, okay. I just felt, like I said, I felt like there wasn't one pivotal moment. There was just like, they started the game. They had a couple of different things that went down. And I think it just, there were small things that were catalysts. Things were clicking like they should, should have been during our four losses, but for whatever reason they weren't. And then they started clicking, you know, you're getting more production out of Elijah, you know, um, you know, the, you know, it just seemed like the team was more on the same page and they were, you know, I think Jimmy said in the presser that, you know, they were just doing the little things consistently. And so I think just those little things started to make, um, you know, the team turn the tide, you know, they got, okay, we're going to win this. You know, they became more confident. Okay. I mean, I'll, I'll tell I'm you sure that. that you got, you can come up with some single plays, but. Well, um, I mean, all right. So like one of them was, uh, one of them was the Mitchell touchdown. He got stopped like three yards short, mm-hmm. right? And then you just see like various linemen just piling in there, just pushing. Push. pushing. <laughs> I mean, you saw Trent Williams with both hands on someone's back, just head down, pushing, right? And then Jimmy come up and put his finger on his back. And then Jimmy's <laughs> like, hey, let me get under this. Let me get under this, right? It was like old Pentecostal church, right? Just touch and agree with somebody, man. Like he, he just had to get in there on it. And I and I was happy to see that, right? And it was like cool. Um, you know, you want to see that. That was something that really got the team fired up. Right. That was one of them that I was like, oh man, like, all right, I like that team effort. You know what I'm saying? Like that was pretty cool. Right. And that, you know, and one of the other big things was all the PIs we were getting before, and they were changed up practice, mm-hmm. right? So changing yeah. up practice, I don't know if that was the catalyst to figure it out, but obviously it, it was more beneficial in this game. You know, whatever they did in the, in practice as far as those drills that they were doing, um, it seemed to to uh, help the cornerbacks in their coverage abilities. Yeah, and 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 uh, D'Amico even came out. D'Amico Ryan's came out and said that um, they were surprised that the Bears didn't throw deep more often. Um, he said that they were prepared for it, or at least they they they. They thought it was coming. They anticipated it coming. Um, and he was surprised that they didn't do it. He said going into that game, they were the team that had thrown the most deep attempts in the NFL. And knowing that that was something that, you know, didn't work in the Niners' favors last week, he they expected that to be coming down the pike. Uh, but it didn't. Um, so an- another, another play that I thought was really interesting um, was one of Jimmy's rushing touchdowns. Uh, and it was the one where the play kind of was all messed up. You see Debo come down from the top of the screen. And he, he stopped. Stopped. <laughs> yeah. He stopped. So then when you get the explanation on what happened, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, they say that it was supposed to be one of those, uh, you hike the ball as Debo's coming, you pop it out to him, a little shuffle pass, and right. you run through the gap that Jimmy actually ran through to get the touchdown. Uh, but Debo got there and just stopped and looked around like, what am I supposed to do now? Jimmy was like, all right, chill. And then Jimmy, knowing where the gap was supposed to be, took it on himself to run through that hole, get right. in the end zone. And then you see him. That's the one where he throws the ball into. That wasn't the spike. 
That was the one yeah. where he throws the Watch ball into his hands. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, Jimmy's getting a fine. <laughs> yeah. 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 Absolutely. Uh, if one of his, you know, 200 people there caught it, maybe he could sell it <laughs> online and pay for that. For that. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, but yeah. So, you know, he, uh, I thought that was a, a big play. You know, like normally when a play breaks down or something isn't quite right, it just falls apart in the worst way for the 49ers. And, that was that was to me a, a breath of fresh air. You know, um, I often come on here and say we just don't get the bounce. You know, it's it's often the way the ball bounces and we just don't get them. We got a couple of very fortunate bounces in this game, even down to them returning the favor and missing some kicks. You know what I'm saying? Like it was right. this was a this was a fun game to watch on both sides of the ball, too. I know that people weren't happy uh that Justin Fields had his best game uh against the Niners, but I think that with this team knowing our history and how we struggle against these athletic quarterbacks i thought this was a very good game to watch on both sides of the ball um and then my last one well the, the, i had i had another play but i'm not going to do the play i'm going to go to something else also uh the drop passes were a thing in the first half but late in the first half or yeah late in the first half you see jimmy go to the sideline and he's talking to all of his pass catchers there. They're all sitting on the bench. And I don't know if you, I don't know if you remember this or not, Ryan, yep. but um, he's, he's talking to the guys and it's not a, uh, it's not one of those like, guys <laughs> yeah, none of those hard finger pointing. You got to play better. You got to play better. This is what people were calling for, right? People were saying, where's the captains at to yell at everybody and, and get them in check. And they need to get in the room and close the door and let these guys, uh, let these guys, you know, hold each other accountable, hold each other accountable. That's what they kept saying. That's not the speech that I saw Jimmy giving on the sideline. It was it was shoulder tapping, head tapping, like, I got you. I'm here with you. We're going to get this straightened out, you know. I thought that was a major, major turning point. Sure. I, I thought it was a major turning point. All of this happened in the same game. Mm-hmm. And so that got me thinking. I don't know what the future holds. I, I, I checked my crystal ball. It wasn't plugged up or something. Go ahead. I just want before you get too far down. I didn't want to backtrack that far, but the, the uh, don't lose your train of thought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I wanted to say something because you were you were talking about how uh, he Jimmy stopped Debo and then G, Jimmy ran the play, and you heard Kyle say that Jimmy knows the play. He made that decision to go do that, and I'm mm-hmm. not saying that it was the case, but it definitely seemed to me that I don't know if Kyle actually pulled back the reins, but it felt like Jimmy was able to do. He wasn't hindered by Kyle's play calling. Like he was, he could go to where he wanted to or do what he wanted to do. Like we don't normally see that. Like we talk about all the time, like, oh, he's being handcuffed by Kyle's system. Um, But it didn't feel that way this time for whatever reason. Just because he was doing stuff out of the norm, that may have been the reason, but it still could have been in Kyle's playbook. It just, you know, it could, that could have been what was dialed up. It's just not what we're used to seeing. So it felt like he wasn't handcuffed as much this game. Yeah, I've talked about it with, every position, including the quarterback position, the wide receivers, the running backs, that Kyle wants you guys to be robotic. And I've criticized him saying that if you want uh, roboticism, I don't know if that's a real word or not, but if that's what you're expecting from these players, there's no point in you drafting anybody with special traits. Because if you're going to make them all do the same exact thing, then there's no point in getting the guy that can jump higher than the other guy or getting the guy that can run faster than the other guy if you're going to ask them just to do the same exact thing. Um, and yeah, you know, it did, it did feel like Jimmy was a little bit more free, uh, a little bit less restricted. And we heard about the, the talk right before halftime. This is basic shit. 
can you can you do this or not? Can you handle it? And Jimmy like barks back, I got this shit. Right. That's the rumored conversation. I don't know. I wasn't there. Honestly, I didn't even see it. But um, you know, if that's the case, it speaks to a couple of different things. One, are you gonna do this or not? And two, you're damn right I'm gonna do it. The confidence to bark back at him, if that was the case, if that was a conversation. And I know people meant that, you know, the, the, where I heard the story come from. I know it was meant to sound like a, a knock on Jimmy. But to me, that was a step in the right direction. We've been looking for some for some offensive leadership. You know what I mean? I've been saying that Jimmy just looks like he's out there going through the motion, collecting a check. And I want to see somebody who cares. I didn't like seeing after our second consecutive loss, him coming to the sideline, smiling and joking with the opponents. I didn't right. like that. I didn't like that. I want to see somebody get fired up. I want to see somebody care about what they're putting out on the field, the product that they're putting out on the field. And um, if you're barking back at the head coach who's talking to you like that in the heat of battle, I like that. I like that a lot. Go ahead. I know you want to get to this. What's that? I said, go ahead. You can get this uh, contribution. Oh, so Ollie Bear sends us a contribution here. Uh, hey, professors, got here to got here to get my Niners education and show some support. Much aloha and mahalo for being here and keeping us faithful. And we appreciate that. Thank you. I don't know if you're actually out there, but I'll be in the gathering place for Thanksgiving weekend or nice. week, I guess. God, man, Thanksgiving in Hawaii must hit different. Yeah, we're actually going to go out the two, two Tuesdays before. We're actually flying back on Thanksgiving just because of the flight prices. But. Got you. Okay. All right. That's what I'm talking about. You know about. I love me some Hawaii. I got to get out there. <laughs> I'm not mad at you, man. I'm not mad at it at all, bro. Um, that's That sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun, man. I hope you guys enjoy. I really, really well, I'm do. hoping I can do a show from out there because it'll be like 3 o'clock my time. <laughs> yeah, true. Very true, man. Nice and early. Nice and early. Um. What was oh so the turning point conversation? That's where we were, right? So we we pointed out a, a couple of different plays. You know, some people, you know, some honorable mentions. Some the other people would mention would be the Debo Samuel uh, run or catch and run. Um, They're going to be some other people who talk about the Brandon Ayuk uh, third and nineteen conversion. Um, that was a good one. Also, there were some runs by Mitchell throughout the game that were really good. Um, you know, there, there was a lot that you could call the turning point of that game. But now I want to step back, zoom out. And again, my crystal ball is not plugged up. So I, I didn't get it to work. I was knocking on it. Um, <laughs> I, I called Miss Cleo. They told me this, the number was out of service. Um, I think and, if you can talk to Miss Cleo, you have clairvoyancy as well. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, see, I didn't, I didn't know if you knew who she was, man. It's good. That's good. Then again, you're older than me. You should remember the commercials. <laughs> I used to remember seeing all those commercials on TV in the middle of the night, you know, when trying to watch Skinamax through the blurred lines. Yeah, man. That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. Call me now. Um, but yeah, you know, so I, I, I tried tapping in with anybody that could help me out and no one would give me a straight answer. But if this turns out to be a postseason um, team, a team that can somehow get their shit together, and make a push. I'm not saying win the Super Bowl, but string together a couple of victories, win more than we lose the rest of the way through the season. If we ha- if we somehow get kind of this, guys, with a 10-7 record or an 11-6 record, can we say that this game, even though it was a lowly Bears, right, a bad team, but it was a bad team that we were going back and forth with, 
in that first half. You know, and up until midway through the fourth quarter, it was a one-score game. I mean, it was they were right there with us. They were going back and forth. Uh, they score, we score. They score, we score. That was the that was the way it was going. Um, can we say that this game would have been the turning point of the season? Well, if we start winning from here after a four games kid, I think you kind of have to. Mm-hmm. I mean, but is is there more to it? Like because, I mean, obviously we saw like what we're talking about, right? We've seen the team seem more confident. We they seem to be gelling more this week for whatever reason they're going to get some more players back you know a little bit healthier um so i i feel like the team is kind of uh on an upward trend if you will like in converse i mean we're going to get to that when you talk about arizona they feel like they're in the other direction right now but mm-hmm. not saying that you know it's going to be like oh we're going to walk in the park win it's just i'm just saying i feel like our trajectories are on different paths at the moment yeah yeah um, it's amazing what one week can do for you. So uh, let's go ahead and do that, man. Let's turn the page. Uh, we're going to look ahead to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, we're not going to, you know, beat you guys down here um, with this part of the show. But, uh, you know, we, we're moving to we're moving on to Arizona. And there is some news uh, that they what we have here. Uh, let me show this picture here first. This is from Michael Fabiano. All my sources in Vegas are telling me, it's 90% DeAndre Hopkins doesn't play this week, and Kyler Murray is about 60% to be out. Uh, I left the time at the bottom of this on purpose. Uh, that is Eastern time, guys, so don't kill me over there on the West Coast. I know it's not quite there yet. Um, but this is about about two hours ago. Uh, this is Michael Fabiano. Are we buying this? I noticed that nothing was 100%. Well, it was strange to me earlier this week when we heard about the fact that uh, Kyler was going to be out for one to three weeks, right? That's what we initially heard. And then, um, like yesterday, I think it came out, and it came from Kingsbury, I thought, mm-hmm. that uh, there was a good, there was still a possible chance that Kyler was going to play. He hasn't, as far as I have, I haven't heard anything about Dion from him or from anybody in the team um, right. If some beat writers writing writing about it, then so be it. But um, if well, that's the case, I think it puts us in a better position. Um, but not he was, he was in and out of the lineup uh, against the Packers last week. Uh, he would miss a couple of plays and then run back in there, catch a, a, a pass across the middle, and then go back to the sideline. Uh, it was it was quite the yo-yo situation for him. He was he he too was battling through something. I don't know what the injury is, but he was definitely battling through something throughout the game. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I thought I, I kind of felt like I cut you off. So I was shutting up so I could. Oh, read about no, I just, you know, I would, like I was saying, I just, I feel it feels like if um, it feels kind of media driven, the situ, the current situation that's out there with saying that Kyler is going to be available um, for you to have. So it's either a similar situation that we had where people don't want to actually believe that Kyler is hurt. Right. Because he's not one of those guys that's going to be like, okay, I'm just going to sit out. I mean, he's the starting quarterback. And who's the backup? Like McCoy, I think, or something like that? I mean, yeah, McCoy. you yep. don't want to put the team in a situation where McCoy, Colt McCoy is your starter. But uh, mm-hmm. So I, I, I honestly believe that if Kyler can play, even in a limited capacity, he'll be out there. So 
I would probably say that that 60%, wherever that number came from, from Vegas, I, I, I would think that's probably accurate. Um, you know, if there's any way that he can do it. And I think that, that what I read with from Kingsbury was that um, he made a comment that said that Kyler didn't need to practice. He can just be ready. As long as he does the mental reps, he knows the game plan, then, then it'll be he'll, he's good to go. Which, you know, for a young quarterback, that's a lot of uh, – It's a big vote of confidence. Praise and support to give your young quarterback, but I mean, he's he's shown through this year that he can do that. I mean, he hasn't shown that he can miss practice and stuff. But I'm assuming if you know what you're doing out there, then those additional reps, while beneficial, are not necessarily mandatory. I guess if you will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm with you, man. I like it. I like it a lot. Um. So yeah, no, I I, I like what you were saying, man. Um. Hopkins, questionable. Murray, questionable. We know Watt is done. Uh, let's do worst-case scenario and best-case scenario for the 49ers. Uh, best-case scenario is obviously that they're both out. Oh, sure. Do we just chalk this up as a win? Now, we're Never. back at home. Never. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we're back at home. Uh, we don't play well at home. We haven't played well at home. Um, this is – this. Here's what worries me, right? We have Jimmy's been on the team since what 18? 17? 17, yeah. Okay. We have so that's four years now, right? That he's been on the team. And a lot of people will say that 19 was an anomaly year. Like that, whatever reason, that was an anomaly. People don't want to say that that was what his ceiling is. That's the anomaly. So I need to see, even for me, who's probably been the largest advocate for Jimmy on this show. I need to see more consistency out of Jimmy before I fully am like going to, I'm going to support him because he's a quarterback of our team, but until I'm fully on board, you know, with keeping him there and not starting to think about why aren't you putting Trey in, you know, I need to see more consistency and know that the bears game wasn't an anomaly. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I I got you, bro. Let me, uh, so I, it's funny. I said that after the game, after the bears game, I was like, but can we see this again? People told me I was being down and too hard and not staying in the moment, right? But my thing is, I went back and looked at Jimmy's career here, and I think I found, I think it was like five or six games where he threw for over 300 yards. I didn't say 300 yards and no interceptions. I didn't say 300 yards and no sacks. You know, I just looked at 300 yards. That's it. Just production. Yes. And it's so rare. It's so rare. Um, now, we're usually in the top five of rushing in the league. Right. So it's more about total yards. You don't expect that. You're not going to run for that many yards and pass for 350. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I, I don't expect that all the time. I get that. I am a person that can, you know, do this thing with context here. But Jimmy's decision-making on that game was an uncanny. Uh, the plays that normally make me gasp and just, oh, no. Oh, right. no. During the live, I'm like, throw the ball, throw the ball. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Yes, yeah. <laughs> like that was me. Like all in one play, you know, because the longer he has the ball or when he starts to move from move around too much, it usually ends very badly. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's right. almost intercepted. It's this, is that. And I don't remember. I mean, all right, let me like th- there's usually games where Jimmy will have a couple interceptable passes. Were there even any of those in that game? Like, were there passes that should have been intercepted? There might have been maybe. I'm sure that there probably was because he's never 
hundred percent on point. It's just not right. True. I mean, and, but that's expected. We we know that. You know. Yeah. But um, even if there was one, that but not on top last, of my head, no. But even but even if there was one, right. it's a vast improvement from what we have seen recently. Sure. You know, and so uh, I went on the overreaction show, which was done hours later because it was Halloween. We had to take the right. kids out and stuff like that. Uh, the excitement was kind of wearing off and I was tired. You know, you come out, you walk a couple of blocks, we do the candy hunt in the house. We were hosting company, uh, had family over, friends over. Uh, and then, you know, it's like, all right, let's get back in the mood of this game. And I'm like, yeah, but I got to see some consistency. I need to see more. I need to see him do it again. And I'm like, I, I said it on the show right then and there. Now, this was before I heard about D-Hop, before I heard about Kyler Murray. I said, yo, we're going to lose. We're going to lose to the Cardinals. Like, I, I can't pick this team to do it because I haven't seen this team do anything back-to-back except lose. So there's no way I can expect another performance like this out of this right. team. Like, that, that was my mindset. Uh, and that's on the overreaction show coming off a win. And I felt terrible. But it is what it is. It's what I felt at the time. Sure. No. So. I mean, but you are, obviously, as we all do on this show, we try to we try to understand the moment and be in that moment. But we're also continuously looking down the road. How is this going to unfold for the season? And mm-hmm. so I understand why your thought process would go there. Um, you know, and nobody should be calling you out for it, I don't think. I mean, yeah, you want to take your victory shots and be about it. But, okay, that game's over. We're not the players. We didn't win that game. Our team won that game. And now we have to think about what the team's going to do the next week. Right. Right. Oh, God. What's up with this comment? Uh, no, I just put it up there because, you know, while I agree, I want to face the best that we can face because then there's there are no excuses. You're absolutely right. Um, I'm, I, I, but I'll take a, a Cardinals team without Murray, without JJ and without Hopkins <laughs> seven days out of the week. <laughs> hey, man, they're all NFL teams. We've had to go out there with our backup quarterback last time we played them. Uh, we've had to go out there with our backup tight ends. We've had to go out there with our, our third and fourth. People think that Elijah Mitchell was supposed to be the starting running back. Mm-mm. And I truly, truly believe that if everybody was healthy, I'm talking about Mostert. I'm talking about JJ, uh, JJ. Wilson. Um, J- Russell Wilson. Russell. Oh, gosh. Jeff, Jeff Wilson. <laughs> Jeff Wilson Jr. Uh, I'm talking about Jermichael Hasty. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, well, but the, those other guys, I think we're all ahead of the rookies on the depth chart, those three guys. And so what we're At doing the, with, the season, yes. Yes. So what we're doing with Hasty right now, who is, in my opinion, at best, our fourth running back, is phenomenal. Back-to-back 100-yard games. Um, a rookie, I think I think it's phenomenal. So Elijah? I said, I said, what did I say? You, you said Hasty. I thought I said Mitchell. I'm sorry, man. It's it's the medication. Just making sure we're on the same page. I'm going to blame the medication. It's it's the I, medication. I'll blame it too. Um, yeah, I I meant Elijah Mitchell. Yeah, what we're doing with Mitchell, back to back hundred yard games and being a rookie, um, you know, it's uh, it's it's incredible. It really, really is. And so you don't always get to put your best team out there. You got to put your best effort out there. Right. And if those guys are injured, then I'll let's go. Let's go get them. Let's go get them. If they're 100%, we still got to go get them. But I'm a little less confident in our chances of winning. Um, and so the Vegas odds uh, were a one-point favorite for the Cardinals, which is not good. Uh, however, we are the home team, and we get three-and-a-half points. So that tells right. me that the Cardinals are really four-and-a-half-point favorites on a neutral site. We're still underdogs in this game. Uh, how do you see this thing playing out? Um, I have their stats here. 
Uh, the Cardinals this year have allowed a pass completion of oh wow, their pass defense is actually pretty good. Sixty three point two percent is what they give up. Um, they give up six point three yards per attempt. Doesn't say per completion; it says per attempt. Uh, they give up. They've given up fifteen hundred, almost sixteen hundred yards this year. 11 touchdowns and six interceptions they have. Um, They give up a quarterback rating of 85.3. And they have 20 sacks. Their defense is not that bad. It's not that bad, but they give up a lot of yards. Is it? Do you have that broken down by week in whatever you're looking at or just as totals? Team team total stats. I'm just curious curious how they perform – because last week JJ wasn't in because he was right. He got injured yeah. the week before, so I'm wondering how much of a downturn there was from two weeks ago to the, to last week. I see what you're saying. Him yeah. being gone, but, you know, because uh, it seemed like he was bringing a lot of fire to that team with him not being yeah. in the trenches. Then we might not continue to see those numbers. And that's kind of what I was insinuating or talking about uh, earlier. Was I feel like that the Arizona Cardinals and the San Francisco 49ers are on opposite trajectories right now, like. You know, Arizona started out hot. They're gonna go. You know, they were what seven and seven zero, and now they're seven and one or whatever. They right, I think is what they're at seven and one. And then you know they lose JJ. You know, potentially lost D Hop. They potentially lost Kyler at least for the next week or two. Um, you know, whereas we're getting Kittle back. You know, the they open up the window window for Kittle for for uh, um, Wilson and uh, Gold. You know, obviously they really, really sly, so that gold has to be coming back, I would assume. Um, and so I feel like we're going the opposite direction. And like I said, the Bears game could have been the turning point. I just feel like as close as we played them, one of the first time we played them, that if they're down and we're up as far as player personnel, I think that it's not ours to lose, so to speak, but I think that we have a much better chance of winning this game than what we did a couple of weeks ago when we played them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean – J.J. Watt was wrecking shop out there against Mike McGlinchey. And, um, you know, those guys did not look good. And then we turn around and we have a clean game. When I say a clean game, no hits, no sacks, no hurries, no interceptions. I mean, the offensive line played lights out in this last game. Uh, And we we have a top three offensive line in the NFL. Uh, People aren't going to want to admit it. They don't want to discuss it, but we do. Right, and, we and really do. We lucked out in that game too because Mac wasn't playing. Khalil Mac wasn't playing, mm-hmm. right? So I mean, but those Mac are the breaks. I mean, yeah. we didn't have. But it deep worked to our advantage, is what I'm saying. That defense or our offense, offensive line may not have been as statistically sound had Mac been out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I get it, and that you know, and that's such as the life in the NFL where you know 100 injury rate. So, Absolutely. um, you know, and the, how do you, how do you see this thing going, man? I mean. I don't know if you want to just start with whether or not we win and then say why you think that, or do you want to give us some, you know, some other kind of breakdown? But I mean, I'm, I'm still iffy. I'm up in the air, but I, I think I know which way I'm going to go. See, and the part of the problem is we don't know who's playing. So I'm going to assume that Kyler's playing. Yes, um, they should. still have other wide receivers. While don't let me take anything away from D Hop because he's been their most consistent receiver and most productive receiver. Probably I don't have the stats in front of me, but I'm just assuming. Um, they do have other receivers on that team that can hold this 
system that, that you know the team down until D Hop comes back. So if he's out, while it will be a hit as far as you know them trying to you know have long plays against our, our corner, our secondary, um, I think that we're in a much better position. I can't say if we're going to win or lose that game. Obviously, I would hope, as I always hope, that we will win. I think that we're in a good place to win this game. Um, but I can't, I'm not in a position to call that. DeAndre Hopkins has 35 receptions, 486 yards, uh, seven touchdowns. He's got six, six receptions over 20 yards, uh, one reception over 40. Uh, it's not bad. Not bad. It's cra- I'm looking at this list here. And I'm looking at all the receivers with more receptions than Debo. Right? Debo is not in the top 10. He might not even be in the top 15. He's right on the edge. He only has 44 receptions. Right? I was going to say, which category are you looking at as far as him? Total receptions. He's got He's got 44. Okay. Because well, he has those long ones. That's, and that's number- what gives him all those yards. I mean, he's only like, what, 120 yards behind Cooper? <laughs> I mean, bro. Cup, not number one, yeah, no, no, I know what you mean. The number one guy has 64 receptions and less yards than Debo. Who's that? That is Tyreek Hill. 64 receptions. He's got 735 yards. Debo has 44 receptions, 20 less, 819 yards. That is insane. Okay, so then you got Cooper Cup, who has 63 receptions, 924 yards. And again, Debo was at 44 receptions. And Debo he, missed two games, right? Not no, no, he no. didn't miss two. I don't think. I could be wrong. I thought he missed two games. I could be. Wrong. I, th- I think he's been healthy all year. I think I think he played all year. You might be right. Let me see. Uh, week one, week two, week three. Week, yeah, no, no, he hasn't missed a game yet. Okay, I he was thinking he missed games and he was still keeping up. No, but it, it's it, you know what. People were saying he was tied for like second or third after our bye week before the week before the game started, and I think that's probably what you were thinking about. Maybe, um, but it's it's just incredible to see how these numbers shake out. Man, Debo is doing something really really crazy. Like we're watching something special. Yeah, that's what I was gonna I say. It's special. And I don't think we know it. Um, if you do uh, plays of twenty yards or more, if you put it in order, he don't even lead the league in that. He's just so damn consistent. He's got uh, – all right, so Cooper Cup has 15 plays of 20 yards or more. Jamar Chase has 14. Devontae Adams has 13. And Debo has just 12. 40 yards or more, he's on par with everybody else here. Cup has five. Jamar Chase has six. Adams has three. And Debo has five. And I don't know that his production goes down with Kittle coming back. I just think having that someone else to lean on is going to help him mm-hmm. um, where it feels like kind of Ayuk and Sanu are trying to fill that void a little bit in the pass play. Um, and they may not utilize Kittle that, that way right off the bat with his first game back, but I just feel like having Kittle out there is going to be only beneficial to Debo. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I want to go over this and there's another comment I want to go over real quick. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So in Debbie fixed her comment this comment is supposed to say lifelong Niners fan and AZ native uh, Arizona native here in Phoenix. So this is what obviously you guys don't need to read it. You can read it. Um, so 
this the last sentence though the beat writers think kingsbury is bluffing that's exactly what i thought as soon as he came out and said he could still play if he doesn't practice i was like that's typically not what you do with a starter you know you're starting quarterback typically um could it happen sure but it just feels like kingsbury's trying to keep it so that the niners have to guess you know they have to plan for all contingencies kyle would do the same thing I, absolutely and i prefer us to prepare for kyler and then on game day, find out that it's Colt. All right, cool. We still have to game plan against the same passing plays. Now we just don't have to worry about this guy breaking out an 80-yard rush on us. It's a win-win. It's a win-win. And so this one I also thought was interesting. And further down the chat, James says that he would go with Harbaugh in this situation. And I'll tell you why I won't. I would go with Shanahan because this team that we have right now is built well, for Shanahan's system. Hold Not on, let me perfect. wait, wait. Let me let me read this because for when we turn this to a podcast, we oh, yeah, don't know yeah, what yeah. you're responding to. It's all right. Uh, we have a comment here from James White. It says, If you were the owner of the 49ers and right now you had the choice of Harbaugh or Shanahan, who would you pick? All right, go ahead. So in the chat, as I stated, uh James said that he would have taken Harbaugh. There's been a lot of different people in here, but with the current roster that we have, how it's built, who built it and why it was built the way it's built, I would still keep Shanahan. That's my my preference uh, of those two choices. What about you, Mike? If you were the owner of the 49ers and right now, so that means the roster stays the same. Yep. Right? If you got Harbaugh, that means you have Greg Roman. I did not. I did not like Greg Roman's play calling, at all, at all. Uh, I'm. I think I'm gonna go with Shanahan. I think, but Harbaugh. Oh man, this is this is tough. This is tough. <laughs> it, it's it's not as easy as I want it to be. I'll be honest with you, because I, what why I want to say Shanahan is because of last week. But if Shanahan had been more Shanahan of what we've seen lately, I would have been like Harbaugh because Harbaugh never outsmarted himself. They had a game plan. They ran it. And if you could beat us, cool, you could beat us, right? Well, Shanahan would outsmart himself. You know, like in that Colts game where we're running for over seven yards a pop, he abandoned the run before they stopped us. And he went out and tried to justify why, right? Like, they're going to eventually stop us. They're going to do whatever. They were already putting eight men in the box, and we were averaging seven yards a pop with Mitchell. Wait till they stop us. Don't just stop us for them. You know what I'm saying? I don't think Harbaugh would have ever done anything like that. Harbaugh would have just ran the ball down their throats. Um, and so that's that's what bothers me about it. Um, right, but do you feel like our running backs are more – no, I, I feel it, like our it, running backs are more finesse me. than yeah, you know, Frank yeah, just go, <laughs> you know. Right, they, they the team fits this system better than what they would fit a Harbaugh system right now. Absolutely, absolutely, everything about it. Look at right, Mike right. McGlinchey, right? Like, look, like who was our smallest? Who was our smallest tackle when uh, Harbaugh was here? Was it Anthony Davis? He was a guard. Who are our tackles? We had uh. We had Brown. Trent Brown. Trent Brown was one. But he was a bigger dude. I think he's bigger than Staley. 
Hold on, let me think. Oh, Joe Staley was the other. That's who it was. Yeah, no, no. Trent Brown was like six eight. Like he he was a monster. Joe Staley was definitely the smallest tackle. But then you had guys on the on the offensive line like uh Daniel Kilgore, right? You had um I think I'm pretty sure it was Daniel Kilgore. Yep. You had uh uh the Rhino. What was his name? The guard, the right guard. Uh Boone, Alex Boone. Alex Boone, there you go, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the left guard was Anthony Davis. You know, like uh, th- these guys were massive, massive men, uh, all about power, all power. So, you know, I just – it's it's not the same. Um, it's not the same at all. Alex Mack would get run over and toasted in so, that system. I got a question for you. <clears throat> On Twitter today, and I didn't comment because I don't want to be the asshole, but – there's a guy who got a got a, a tattoo. He got a Jimmy G tattoo. Fine and Danny, if that's what you want to do with your skin. That's right. That's right. Um, he got a Jimmy G tattoo in the Empire underneath it with a picture of Jimmy. Okay. Now I don't know how well let me block my light here. I wanted to tweet, why did you get a picture of car tattooed on your body? Because that tattoo artist did not do a great job. Mm. But I still don't know why you would get it like. We get it. Jimmy G was this team's quarterback, will be for this year, and then probably not next year. So I'm not sure why you would put that on your body forever, you know, when he's not going to be the future of this team. Life choices, yeah. they do what they do. But I just thought it was funny because to me it looked like David Carr or Derek Carr, excuse me. I saw that tweet because someone tagged me in it and said it looked like Nick. <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh, shit. Don't do it, man. Don't do it. I can't laugh the way I want in this show. It hurts to laugh. Oh, man. Here he goes. Does that look like Nick? I got no comment. <laughs> you must agree with him. <laughs> I got no comment. Um, no, I, I don't I don't get it. I'm not putting that guy on me this year at all. There's no way. There's no way. No. Um, I don't get it. Boone Ayupati was the other guy I was thinking about. Yep, Kilgore yep. Davis. Yeah, but Davis did retire during the Harbaugh years. And I think that's where uh Trent Brown came from. Right. That's where Trent Brown came from. Trent Brown's last year was uh was the year that we got Kyle and John. He went he traded him to New England. Yeah. Yep, during the second year, the second draft. So he played one year here with Kyle and John. They traded him the following uh, draft and got McGlinchey. Like it was like between day two and day three of the draft thoughts on Armstead. I want to give you guys I'm not sure what the context of this was. So uh, don't, yeah, it don't matter. I love it. I love Armstead. I have been the biggest Armstead supporter. I will continue to do so. I think he does his job better than what any of you guys out there give him credit for. Uh, uh, Eric Armstead is a very, very good defensive tackle uh who's diverse enough to go and play on the edge uh when needed defensive end um and i was happy to hear them say that in the absence of kinlaw they're going to bump him back inside more than what they normally do uh, and i think we get this reap those benefits especially with us picking up the uh the the third year guy that we just traded for oh god what's his name the what um the third year guy we just traded for. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, don't don't Hold even on. try it. It's Charles. 
Yeah, I can't even M and Wahoo. Yeah, that's it. Wahi Wahoo. No, I don't want to screw it up. It's too late. Shouldn't have said what you said. Where is it at? And I deleted it, but uh Omen Nihu. I who? I don't know how I don't know. Spell it for me. O M E N I H U. Ominihu. Ominihu. There you go. You guys gotta get yeah. That's it. Uh, so I with him, it makes they they made it sound like he's gonna be an edge guy. Um, and so uh Armstead gets to play inside more. I think this is great for the for the defensive line. And I think that people are gonna really appreciate Armstead a little bit more uh, after seeing this. So go Eric Armstead. What are your thoughts on Armstead? So in this comment right here, um triple lot Gabrielle or Gab underscore Riel um says Eric is an underrated leader. And I think that the reason a lot of people, at least from my interpretation, that a lot of people think that he's underrated is because we don't see him as being all that vocal uh, of a leader. We don't see he's vocal about social issues outside things that are happening in Sacramento, things that are happening, you know, things that he can uh, use his uh, uh, charities for and those kind of things. He's very vocal about those type of things, but not necessarily. We don't I don't see him being vocal about the defense in a in a like a leadership like he's not. Bro. Listen, I got you. Willis, I got you. you know, he's not Willis. He's not going out there and just being crazy. Go go to the 49ers YouTube page right now. Right. Yeah. Well, not right now. Wait till we're over. And he was mic'd up. He was mic'd up last game. Right. Okay. You heard him start the speech with like, let's go have a good game, guys. And you don't hear him say anything else for the remaining six minutes. <laughs> Nothing else. All the audio was people next to him being picked up. Fred Warner giving speeches and hyping up the defense and calling out the play. And then at the very end, he says, let's go get another W something along those lines. Like that was it. Right. He's I'm got not, laser focus I, on his job. He's not worried no, about motivating anybody. No words at all. The because whole he, thing. He will never be mic'd up again. Right. Well, I think Eric is uh, uh, a leader by example. Let me yes. show you how to do this the right way. Yeah. Yes. And we're going to do this. Yes. I'm not going to tell you how to do it. That's not my job. That's, D'Amico's job or whomever, whatever the position group, you know, mm-hmm. is on the defensive side of the ball. Yes, sir. And so yeah. I, I, I agree that he's a, he's a great leader for an underrated leader for this on this team. I just, he's not a vocal leader. We need more vocal leaders on this team. Yeah. Yeah. We need some hype guys. We need some guys that are going to get after guys and, you know, really bring that energy. And that's when you miss guys like George Kittle. You know what I'm saying? That's when you miss their presence right there because uh, George Kittle is the vocal guy. He's going to come out there and bring a little bit of juice, a little bit of energy. People didn't want to admit it, but Kendrick Bourne was another one of those guys. He might not be a rah-rah guy as far as uh, – nope, He's out there dancing on the field. It. Let's go. Yeah, he's bringing energy. You know, we don't we don't have a lot of guys like that. We don't. So uh, I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it. Right. But, like, um, I would have expected – not nothing against Fred, but I would have expected him to pick up more. I don't want him to be Quan, but Quan came with such a personality that, you know, boosted that, yeah. that linebacking core that I just expected, like – you know what's weird that from Fred, but Fred's is also another one of those. Let me show you how to do this kind of guy, you know. Well, I do think Fred is the type to pull a guy to the side, be like, "Yo, man, we got this. Like, we could do this." Right. I, but he's not gonna rah rah right. high energy you to death. That's not. That's not. Right. What he that's does. that's he what I'm trying to say. He's not like Quan energy, you know. But he's not like we hear him out there as a vocal leader. You know, obviously he's the mic, so he has to be, you know, the right. leader of the defense. But uh, it just. I expected, like, I guess more flavor from him, if you will. Yeah. I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at you. 
Uh, so back to back to looking at this game, previewing this game here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, give me a win or loss. Let's just assume Kyler's going to play. I don't really care about D Hop or anything like you said. They have other they have other weapons. Uh, I think AJ Green is out also. Yeah, that was what uh, Debbie had said in that. Um, what I put up there earlier. Yeah. Comment. Oh, I didn't. I didn't see that part. I'm sorry. So good. Thanks for the uh, the comment. Uh, so what do you think, man? How how does this game go? I mean, it, if we play, if we can be the team we were or similar to the team we were last Sunday, um, then I think we have a good shot to win this game. With as close as we played them, you know, um, if we can play as obviously wasn't mistake-free, but as mistake-free as we did on Sunday, I think that we could win this game. Okay. And if they start losing pieces, all the better for us. Right. All right, so he, he, here's how I'm going to say it. I think I think we win this game as long as we do one thing, just one. We have to score a touchdown in the first half. I would agree with that. And the other thing that I don't want to see is just because George Kittle's back, he doesn't need to be the focal point of this offense. Yeah. If they try to do that, I think that hurts us. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And that and that's that's really, really it. You know what I'm saying? Um, I I don't have uh, any other keys to victory right now. We'll share those on game day with you guys. Uh, but I'm looking forward to this game. Uh, I think the Cardinals defense is has got a lot to um, to be taken advantage of. There there's some stuff out there for the taking. And with the way Jimmy seemed in the zone, if a little bit of that carries over to this this game, we can we can make the best of it. We can definitely make the best of it. Uh, and we can we can we can make some things happen here, so I'm excited about it. Uh, but we got to get in the end zone in the first half. I still don't know the last time that happened in the game. I really really don't know. So uh, once that happens, we're gonna be good to go. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here? No. If we're gonna wrap it up, I'll do my normal stuff. But that's about it. All right. Well, I got the floor. All right. Well, you know, uh, same as I usually am, you know, we want to be out there, be faithful, just as it says, right? We're going to support our team no matter what, the ups and downs. It's a long season. Anything can happen. And like Mike said, we could weasel our way right into the bottom of the, the wild cards or, you know, God forbid some another injury happens to somebody, we could go up even higher than that. But um, as usual, you know, positive thoughts for the team always. Um, but uh, be good people, be good to the people around you. You know, there people have differing opinions and about all sorts of topics. And so, you know, you just got to kind of be an active listener. You don't, that doesn't require you to, to give your opinion back to people. And so, uh, you know, positive thoughts, much better than negativity. Um, but other than that, to the, everybody who watches this show, mahalo and aloha. I like it. I like it, man. Uh, guys, we got to be patient. It's a long season. The seasons are always long. They're even longer now with the extra game. Um, Green Bay is going to be without their top quarterback Arizona's possibly I tell you what Arizona's without their top quarterback at 100% I don't know if he plays or not but if he does he's not at 100% um and those are the two teams with the best records in the NFC uh and then you got the Rams now the Rams are ramping up they're getting ready to make a push but the Rams always find a way to do Rams things maybe it was because of Jared Goff I don't know but it's a long season, guys. We got to have some patience, um, and we have to exercise some resiliency. Uh, and the key is going to be consistency. 
but start putting some of these good things that we saw on tape uh, last week against the Bears on tape again this week against the Cardinals. Uh, let's see some things come to uh, be normal for us, some positive normals. Uh, the bad things were normal. And it was so weird, you know, during our losing streak, uh, the Niners found new ways to win. We say, all right, let's, we're not getting turnovers. Let's get some turnovers. We get turnovers and the offense gets more turnovers, right? Uh, let's cut down on the penalties. Well, we would cut down on the penalties, but then we stop running the ball. All right, well, we got to be better passers. We pass the ball, but then the run game disappears. Uh, we found ways to lose over and over and over, um, you know, and I think it's time to start seeing some of those negative things, all those close calls, all those close games start to reap some benefits now. Uh, you know, they say that pressure makes diamonds or it busts pipes, one or the other. What kind of team are we going to be? Are we going to let these pipes explode and, and cause a lot of damage? Or are we going to be those polished stones that emerge? All right. Now, diamonds. On. This is the 75th anniversary. We got a big old diamond sitting back there. Hey, <laughs> that's it, man. So we got to go out there and become those diamonds, man. The season's not over. It's far from over. Uh, a lot of games left. So let's do it, man. Uh, guys, we thank you all for rocking with us. We truly, truly appreciate you guys. And uh, that's going to do it, B. Uh, let's go home, man. Prepare for glory. Anticipate pain, but always remain, remain faithful. We're out of here, guys. Peace. We all gas, no brakes, pumped up, no fakes. We spinning, we winning, we high stakes. We never miss, we all makes. Look at us dudes trying to prove, bringing you news with nothing to lose. Mike, Nick, Tony, Wayne, Method Man, we bring the pain. Hey. See, I'ma confess it We under the pressure If you looking to find us We them nothing but niners We nothing but niners We nothing but niners